Hey fam, welcome to the Andrew Curtis Show once again. I'm going to start off this week with a really lofty goal for my own self. Uh, and you can let me know how I did uh, once you've listened to this week's episode. But uh, this week, I'm talking dyslexia. And you've probably heard of the term before and often heard of it referred to as a learning disability. So here's my goal. My goal is that by the end of this week's episode, you wouldn't see it as a disability ever again, um, either from your perspective from the outside looking in, or if you are a dyslexic person yourself, um, that you would actually come to see that dyslexia is a superpower. Um, this is not a position I came to just by myself. I had the uh, opportunity and the privilege to speak to somebody uh, who is my guest this week, Christ, uh, Christine Thessiger. Um, and we talk about her uh, experience of dyslexia personally and how she now works with dyslexics to um, just unleash the, the incredible power and perspective that they have. Um, I've got to contain myself because I'm, uh, you know, very mindful of not overselling this thing at the very beginning. But if you do know anyone who has an, had an experience of dyslexia or you want to increase your understanding, you're going to get so much out of this. Here's Christine. Well, I'm very privileged to be having a conversation that was sparked by a curiosity um, with some friends of mine who I know have had an experience of dyslexia. And because of that, I sought out somebody who works, and I want to make sure I get this correct, uh, she is a Davis Dyslexia Program Facilitator. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, Christine, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me in your home. Pleasure. Um, my goal for today was, I guess, realizing that I don't understand dyslexia. I've heard the term a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of how this affects someone who has dyslexia, what their experience of life is like, um, I could try and guess, but I just thought the best thing I could do would be to speak to somebody who not only um, facilitates this with people, but is also dyslexic themselves. Yes, I am. Um, so I guess let's let's start. We were talking about this conversation around dyslexia. Where, where do you think is a good place if you're looking to introduce somebody to the life of a dyslexic so that those of us from the outside looking in can understand? Where would we begin? Okay. Dyslexics think differently. Mm. We don't think with words. We think with pictures and that's a real primary um, difference yeah. in the way that we operate in life. Um, we can use our brain's abilities to um, create out of our imaginations and experience things as if they are absolutely real. Mm. For example... Imagine that you're in a hot, steamy jungle, right. dense jungle, and it's about 40-odd degrees. Okay. A tiger walks by, mm -hmm. and it stands on a twig, and the twig breaks. Did you hear that twig break? Yeah. Did you see the tiger? Sure. Did you see the jungle? Yeah. Did you feel the heat? Sure. And here we are in a winter's evening <laughs> in my office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's not a tiger in sight. Yeah. But that tiger will be logged in your memory. Mm-hmm because it's been created by your mind. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. Um, dyslexics, um, there's a misconce misconception that dyslexics can be dumb and can be stupid. Right. Nothing could be further from the truth. Dyslexics' brains operate at about 35 times faster than the average person around. Really? Yes, yes. I've never heard that before. Because we think in pictures, we've got a whole scene, just like that. Right. 
and we can remember it mm. because we've got color we think in color we think in 3d and we can animate it mm. and we can live it as if it's reality because something we talked about actually before we started recording as well was that even when you look at um, somebody's brain under a um, MRI, MRI scan, scan yes. um, that the, the regions of the brain that light up for um, a dyslexic person as opposed to a non-dyslexic person are completely completely different hemispheres. Right. They are... Um, Yale, Uni Yale University, Dr. Sally Shaywitz, has been researching for about 15 years. Mm. Now, what she's found that... Um, behind the left ear okay. is the area of the brain that 90% of the population use for reading. And the size that it lights up is dependent on their particular ability as a reader. A brilliant, fast, capable reader will light up like a Christmas tree. Okay. A person who struggles a bit but gets there will light up a small amount. Uh -huh. You put a person like me under it, I'm a dyslexic, and I can now read, but... Uh, hello, lights are on, nobody home. There's nothing there. Okay. I light up in front of the right ear, yeah. which is the area that works with um, picture thinking and innovative thought. Wow. And that's how I think. My husband, John, he can be talking about something to me. Yeah. And he can be carrying on and on and on. He's got to supply me with enough words mm -hmm. until I'll eventually say, I see what you mean. Now, wow. it's, I see what you mean, because I have suddenly got a picture of what he's getting at. Wow. And until he does that, it's just words. It's just words, and words mean nothing. Mm. Pictures mean everything. Wow. So if you're communicating to a person with dyslexia, um, having an understanding of how to frame it as a picture, or as what, like as a metaphor or something? Or, I mean, when you say that, I, I want to understand... A how... real picture. Okay. 3D. Got to be able to get hold of it. Look at it. Right. We think in 3D. We think in color. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We we think um, outside the square. Uh huh. We think differently. Now we do not think wrong. Our brains do not need rewiring, as I have been told. By <laughs> yep. Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> we just think differently. We mm. process information differently. Mm. You know, we only use 10% of our brains anyway. Sure. Or thereabouts. Yeah, right. So yeah. who cares if our brains take a different route to the majority of the population? Who cares? Yeah. Does it really matter? Yeah. So long as we all end up being capable, what does it matter? Mm. I mean, you made a really strong distinction there, and I think that's an important thing to follow through on as well, is that if you don't understand what dyslexia is, because it has been described as a learning disability? It's not a disability. In fact, I would say it is a gift and the teachers don't know how to teach dyslexics. Wow. Tell me more about that. I love that perspective. Teachers are trained for the 90 percentile. Sure. They're trained with phonics. They're trained with words. They're trained with systems that work brilliantly for the 90 percent of the population. Mm-hmm. What about those other three or four kids in their class? that can't cope, mm. that they can't get to read. Maybe they can't write properly because they've got dysgraphia. Mm. Maybe they can't do maths because they've got dyscalculia. Mm. Maybe their balance and coordination is shot and they duck when a ball comes towards them mm. out in the sports field because they can't perceive where it's coming from. Right. 
How about the kids who struggle to read all these silly little words with no pictures? Mm. When it comes to reading, we can read table. Mm. We can read glasses. We can read book. We Mm. can read kitchen. We can read food. We can read the Lego set. We can read jigsaw. We can read trees. We can read car. Mm. Not a problem. Every one of those words has got a picture. Right. Have you got a picture for the word the? (laughs) No, I think I would struggle on that one. (laughs) Right. How about and? Yeah. Is. Mm. Of. But. All these little words, all these joining words that we use in speech absolutely every day. And a dyslexic can say them. Yeah. Can't read them. Wow. Because they have no picture. Yeah. They create a blank. And a dyslexic going along reading the same piece will end up with a completely different meaning because they aren't able to get a picture for all these connecting words. And the first three years of spelling lists that they get in school, there's 60 words in those spelling spelling lists and they're supposed to be sight words. Okay. Okay. You're supposed to be able to look at them and just know them and say them. Okay. 57 of those do not have pictures. Really? <laughs> this is why by the time a kid turns about eight in school, yeah. they're starting to fail. Yeah. Because the teachers don't know how to deal with these kids. Yeah. They need to get hands-on. Hands-on. Where's clay? There's my workbox sitting there. Uh-huh. It's full of clay. Yeah. And we create letters of the alphabet mm. and get them sitting still because... People will look at a B and the D mm. and confuse the heck out of them. Sure. A lot of, lot of dyslexics confuse left and right. You know, people say, oh, that's easy. You just hold up your hands like this and you can see the capital L. Well, right. Pardon me, but both of them are L's. <laughs> well, they are yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah. And so we have to work out. Well, I used to have to work out left sure. and right. I yeah. don't anymore. Because it's it's when you when you look at it as and, and I only use the term for the, the sake of contrast, when people look at something as a disability, that's very different from saying it's a different learning style. And from what you've said to me, that sounds like a far more accurate way to look at it. That it is, is a learning style um, that in, in the same way that if you were speaking a different language to somebody else, um, you know, you wouldn't get frustrated at a at a French person for not being able to speak great English. <laughs> Uh, or not being able to communicate well in English if you just knew it was a different language. The problem is, most dyslexics are very intelligent. Yeah. And they can speak everything mm. clearly, well, use absolutely every word, and the teachers pick up on this intellect. Right. And then they say, so write it down. And they can't. Wow. Or they struggle to. Mm. And the teacher will say, come on, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's infuriating. That, I was going to say that. I mean, tell me about your experience of, of, of that as well. Because I, I, one of the things I loved about, um, again, some of the stuff we talked about before <laughs> we started recording, was that you're someone who not just experienced this for yourself, but then decided that you wanted to create or at least be a part of a solution for people. So tell me about what your experience was like and and how that led to you becoming a facilitator. School was miserable. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I'd do homework and I was diligent and I did it all. Mm. And it would take me hours. Mm. And then I'd get into school the next day and hear kids talking about, oh, how'd you get on with the homework last night? Mm. Um, oh, yeah, no, that was easy. It took me half an hour and I'm thinking, oh, and yeah, I was up till 10 o'clock, you know. Right. Um, so that was normal, which underlies the dumb stupid. Yeah. Everybody else can do it and I can't. Yeah. And that hurts, mm. you know. And... Yep, my self-esteem was down through the through the ground, underneath. I was say, yeah. Yep, yeah. and nothing ever happened to me that built it up in any other way. Yeah. Um, and that's common with dyslexics. Their self-confidence yeah. and self-esteem are through the floor. Sure. Absolutely, because they become very aware by the time they're about six or seven that they're different. Yeah. And no kid likes being different. <laughs> sure. I can remember very distinctly... For form, having to read a chapter of a book for homework. Yeah. So I completed all the rest of my homework and I went about reading the book in the way that I knew how to read, which was figuring out one word at a time. And I'd get to the end of the sentence and then I'd go back and I would read it again to make sure I had every word. Yeah. And then I'd go back again and read it and try and get a bit of meaning. It took hours. Mm. And I get into school the next day, and as you'd expect, she said, okay, write a couple of paragraphs on what you read last night. Sure. <laughs> I think I managed one, maybe two sentences. Right. And she said to me, she you knows she's wandering around the room as we're doing it. Yeah. Can't you write anymore? Um, I can't remember anymore, I'd say. And And she said to me, well, if this is all you can remember, then you haven't read it. I said, yes, I did. Yeah. She said, don't lie to me. Have a detention. Wow. You know, and things like um, going for my driver's license and the instructor says, turn left and Chris turns right. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know my left from my right. Yeah. Fortunately, I still got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just been a permanent struggle. Mm. When I was passed a piece of paper in the office, hey, Christine, what do you think of this? Mm. My standard reply was, I'm a bit busy right now. Give me five minutes and I'll get back to you. Right. And they'd say, yep, fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. And I'd go and I'd figure out what was here and I'd think, yep, mm. I know what they're talking about. And then I'd go and have a discussion about it. Okay. Okay. But it's always this underlying fear. Yeah. Everybody else can do this and I can't. Wow. So, what, I mean, how how old were you when you figured out that you actually were dyslexic as opposed to... Because I can imagine absolutely mm-hmm. why you'd have self-esteem through the floor believing that everybody else... It didn't stop me. Yeah. Oh, no, sure. I mean, it doesn't sound like it. You know, I've had a 20-year office career, 10 years as a PA. Yeah. And um, another 10 years as the office manager. Uh-huh. And I did good. I did a good job. Right. Working for consulting engineers, and it was good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, neat bunch to work with. Um, what was that? Yeah, so what was the moment when you actually realized, oh, wait, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I'm not, like you say, I'm not stupid or I'm not whatever. I'm just... Okay, I'm also a reflexologist. Okay, yeah. And I was at a conference in Auckland about 14 years ago. Okay. Um, and... I ended up talking to one of the presenters there okay. about something quite different and went to his 
um, workshop that was after the conference. Mm. Um, then he shifted up to Auckland and he phoned me. Mm-hmm. And he came round and did his feet and we started conversing and then one day he said to me have you ever read a book called the gift of dyslexia he said (laughs) i was quite staggered in that class that seven out of 20 were dyslexic really in the course that he'd taken i laugh by the way because the cover of the book has the word uh, gift with the f um opposite way around on it um which is like from what you've said it's a very common way that a dyslexic will look at a word yes um yeah sorry so carry on um it's written by ronald davis Mm -hmm. um so i got the book Uh uh-huh and i worked my way through it one word at a time (laughs) as i read yeah you know and every now and again i'd think oh my gosh this is me. Wow. My God, he's talking about me. <laughs> and I would read bits out to John. Yeah. And I was quite gobsmacked. Yeah. It sort of hit me in the guts and over the head at the same time. Yeah. I know. And next time Kahone came around and I said, okay, I've had a bit of a read and that's me. Well, Absolutely yeah. me. Yeah. It was, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> struggling to find the words for it. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he said, "Okay, I can help you with it." Awesome. He had done the basic course, the basic Davis dyslexia correction course. Okay. Okay. And so we got some clay, mm. set up down here one weekend. Yeah. And I made the letters of the alphabet. Okay. And I proceeded to fall apart at the seams. Yeah. Because I had had too much life and too much experience behind me. Okay. And I have since found the young kids go through it relatively easy and the older ones have picked up garbage en route. Yeah, I bet. And oh my goodness, it can... Yes. Yeah. I yelled at them. Really? I burst into tears. Yeah. I stormed out. I (laughs) threw my toys. Yeah. Totally. And he just quietly persisted and kept going. He said to me later on that I was the worst person to take through. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started doing the words afterwards, create a picture in clay Mm. for the definition of that word. Okay. Okay. And I suddenly realized, my God, I was starting to be able to read. Wow. And by the time I'd done about 50, 60 of these words, I was starting to notice advertising and billboards and and things on trucks and cars and buses and heaven only knows what. It was everywhere. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, and it was daunting and it was exciting at the same time because everything had just been colours and pictures. Yeah. No words. There wasn't a word in really? sight. Really? I hadn't seen them. So... Wow, I mean, again, trying to trying to, to comprehend un- yeah, it. comprehend that. So what? When you would again drive past, I guess what you would see is to be billboards and advertising. Now, what you just see big blobs of colours and no- patterns. Really, mm. to the point where going through security with a laptop uh-huh. at the airport. Yeah, and they said to me, "Oi, if you got a laptop in this bag, yeah. yes, didn't you see that sign? Oh, you should have taken the laptop out of the bag." embarrassed you wouldn't believe how often I've been so embarrassed because I couldn't read signage okay 
It's not fun. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> Bit, and well, then by yeah. the time I'd got to about well over 100 words and I was really starting to be able to read mm. and everything at work got easier. My God, did it get easier. My minutes at meetings were so much more detailed. Mm. I could I could focus my mind, focus my attention, and I was completing things faster, mm. more accurately. Mm. Didn't have to double check because I knew they were right. Wow, mm. you know. Mm. And then Tony started giving me a boot and saying, go and train. Yeah, yeah. You started it. You go and finish it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. and he kept niggling as he does. He's a, mm. Oof. Mm. yes, he's a niggler. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we need a niggler. That's, I, yeah. yeah, and he eventually, I said, oh, okay, I'll go and do this first course. Well, uh-huh. I went down to do the first course. Yeah. Oh, I disoriented all over the place, and I'll explain disorientation shortly. Sure. And then. Remind me of that. I will. Um, during this, there was a list that we went through of 37 common characteristics. Mm. And I walked out of there that day, walking back to the B&B with one other of the people who was on this course. Yeah. And I said to her, I've got to, I've got to sit down and look at this list. I... <laughs> <laughs> 28 very definite yeses and another couple that were... Yeah. yeah, highly probable. Okay. So I'm pretty bad. <laughs> or pretty good. No, I'm pretty dyslexic. <laughs> and, and there's degrees and degrees of dyslexia. Yeah. You know, some people have it to a small degree and it's a minor imbuggerance. Yeah, sure. And then you get it to a bit more and they can kind of cope, but mm. don't ask me to read a book for fun because it's just not. Yeah, right. It's just not. And then you get... Uh, yeah. Out to what Ron is, and I'm a bit behind him, but yeah. he was really bad. Yeah. 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 I mean, now, I guess the, the reason I say bad is, I suppose, even for myself, too, being aware that, you know, because you, you have mentioned, and I suppose we'll talk about this later on, too. I mean, now reading is a thing that not only you can do, but you, mm. you do for fun. Yes, I do. <laughs> and, and, and you can enjoy reading. I do. Um, and, and, I, and I can remember these books. Yeah. You know, so if I've really enjoyed a book, I can't mm. go back and read it again because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Darn. Yeah. Yeah, which which is why I say you know when I understand it as a learning style, that's actually very helpful for me. So thank you, um, because to see it as a as a learning style um, just means that you know the outcome is still possible. Mm. Um, and so hopefully too for for anybody who's listening as well who either is dyslexic themselves or, or know somebody who they suspect may be dyslexic too, it doesn't mean settling for a, a lesser experience of life. No, it's, no. it's just about saying well actually if you were taught in the style. Yes. You would retain, you, you'd get the same yes. deeper meaning than everybody else. Is that accurate? And uh, Yes, very much so. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, it gives a person coping strategies, gives their control of their disorientations. Mm. Um, disorientation. Uh, I think we talked about this earlier. Yes, we did. You're on a hill. In mm-hmm. Auckland City, and you're waiting for the traffic lights to change, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and suddenly you get the sensation that you're rolling back and you hit the brakes. Yeah. And then you realise that the car beside you is actually pulled forward. That is disorientation, where the true facts and conditions in the environment do not match your perceptions. Mm. Okay. Now, dyslexics have this wonderful ability to be able to throw their mind's eye. Um, remember the tiger? Yeah. That wasn't here. Yeah. 
that's your mind's eye perceiving that. Yeah. Now, my mind's eye can take off up to the mall and have a look around the shops and come back again, just yeah. like that. Yeah. And dyslexics have got this wonderful ability. Mm. However, while their mind's eye is gone, if they're a student in a class, whoever is telling them something, they don't recall it because the eyes don't register mm. and the ears don't hear mm. and it doesn't connect into the brain when their minds when they are disoriented right okay so if a person is daydreaming you can be talking to them all you like and they won't hear one word you've said so not me, one give me an example i want to understand that experience a little bit more then so when you talk about disorientation mm -hmm. um are we then talking about uh is it a physical kind of feeling or sensation is it a mental confusion like what it's not confusion Okay, it's, cool. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, so tell me more. Well, daydreaming is is fun. Yeah. It's creative, it's inventive, and yeah. it's often a lot more fun than real life, mm. especially for a dyslexic who's struggling. Okay. You imagine a 12-year-old sitting in school, mm. struggling to cry and comprehend. They don't want to be there. They can't read. They can't cope with everything that's going around. They're being told they're behind, they're being told they better buck up their ideas and try harder, mm. they're being told that, you know, you should be able to do this by now and why can't you? Right. And their, their insides are crumbling Yeah. because they can't do it. And so what are they going to do? They're going to look out the window and, oh, out there I can see a swimming pool and, you know, it's a nice hot sunny day and that looks really interesting. And right. all they can hear then is the sound of the splashing and they can see the water and they can feel it. And that's what's going on. And when a teacher says to them, Oi, did you hear what I said? Yeah. Well, no, they didn't. Huh. Not one word. So how is that different then for, you know, a... Uh, another child who is not dyslexic but isn't paying attention versus for a dyslexic person who is experiencing that. Every single person has the ability to disorient. It's part of a natural brain function. Okay. The thing is the dyslexic taps into it as a way of thinking and living and perceiving and everything. Right. And they develop it to the nth degree. So it's this ability to um, kind of conceptualize and experience something in their imagination. Yes, to a as real. Level, as real. As real. Right. Okay. Okay. They experience it as real. So we mentioned this a little bit before we started recording too, but it'd be mm. good to get into this too. I mean, that sounds like to me it could create some, some challenges then where you can experience something like that as real that you believe happened in somebody else, you know, but that was just for you. Um <laughs> be that in you know conversations with people or something like yes. that is that something you can tell me more about sorry my mind's eye took off that's all right I'll bring it back sounds it always goes it goes I just yep right back I'm back that's all right ask me the question again <laughs> <laughs> And well, now I'll hear you. So, Sorry about that. That's all right. This, this, so this idea of, of, your, of your mind's eye for a dyslexic person creating um, an experience that you, you, it's basically as real. Yes. Um, that sounds like it could be on a, so in a creative professional, something like that, it could be amazing. Uh, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, the man who designed the Sydney Opera House yeah. was dyslexic. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's so many talents 
that go along with dyslexia. Mm -hmm. um, creative imagination. You know, what do companies want out of a CEO? They sure. want somebody who's good with people. Yeah. Dyslexics are. They want somebody who can think outside the square. Dyslexics do that. Right. They want somebody with a creative imagination who'll come up with innovative solutions. Dyslexics do that. Right. Hello. <laughs> yeah. The, the only time we have problem is when we've got to read something and write it down. Yeah. Not only. Yeah. We have problems with some. Some of us have problems with maths. Some dyslexics can read perfectly. Mm. Okay. But they turn numbers around all over the place. Oh, right. And and. You know, dyslexics have got amazing brains. Yeah. And given half a chance through the education system. Yeah. Um, when they know how to control their mind's eye yeah. to control those disorientations to relax themselves to figure out what their internal energy levels are doing mm. like they're not just about to go to sleep mm. but they're nice of attentive and they're not still they're not um scared, nervous, anxious, or anything like that, and they can control these themselves, mm. then they can learn from an ordinary teacher. Yeah. And that's what I do with the kids here. Okay. I get them to a point where they can go into the classroom, use the tools that I've taught them, mm. focus their mind, hear what the teacher is saying, and cope, not only cope in the classroom, but excel. Mm. Mm. And they do. Like... Um, Brooke from Glenfield College. Mm -hmm. She came to me in um, October. She was in year year ten, mm -hmm. beginning of year eleven. Her parents received a, a letter from the school saying your daughter really hasn't a hope of getting NCEA level one, and think about what you she might be able to do with her life. By the end of that year, she yeah. had NCEA one with many merits, eight excellences, and wow. won four awards and not fluffy duck awards. <laughs> at, yeah, yeah. At the end of the year, yeah, she got NCEA level two. She mm. got through it. She was top in her class for three subjects the entire year. She's now at Takapuna Hairdressing College. Yeah, because she's creative. Yeah, you know she's artistic. Yeah, and. She will do well yeah. because she's got all her artistic creative abilities still perfectly intact. Sure. Plus, she has the ability to read and write and communicate with others. Gosh, and, that must be satisfying. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get a, I get chuffed, and yeah. she and she flicked me an email a couple of months ago saying I got my written driver's license first pop. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes, from a girl who could not read. When she walked in the store, yeah, huge. Well, and it's amazing actually when you say that too. How quickly then that progress can be made once that yes connection is suddenly made. Because yes. I, I, you know, I would think, uh, you know, if you've struggled in school up until so what year ten is what fourteen, fifteen? No, fifteen yes. this year. Yeah. So to suddenly just make that connection yes. and go so quickly. Oh yes. <sighs> this is Ron's work. Yeah. This is, this is the beauty of Ron's work. Mm. He's a dyslexic who sorted himself out. Mm. He was an engineer for, for NASA. Okay. He used to teach calculus to scientists. <laughs> he was a mathematician. Right. Okay? Yeah. 
He was functionally illiterate until age 38. Goodness. And he sorted himself using this method. Yeah. And then he, well, he thought he had it, but he only had a small portion of it. Sure. But over the years with colleagues, he developed this into an entire program. Mm. It's been running for over 30 years. It's in umpteen languages yeah. and it's worldwide and it has a 97% success rate. It's incredible. The two things that you need is the person has got to know they've got a problem mm-hmm. and they must really want help. Because mm. the first two or three days in here are tough. Mm. They're tough. I threw my toys. <laughs> you know, I've had I've had a woman she, now she had she's a teacher. Uh-huh. Um she had she's got a de- science degree and a computing degree. Uh-huh. She's no slug. Yeah. Just dyslexic. Yeah. Um and she's teaching and on the third day she was finding the going really tough yeah. and I went upstairs to have lunch. She wrote me a note mm. to saying she just couldn't handle this anymore. Right. She picked up her car keys and was stepping out the door mm. and then thought, if I don't do this, will I regret it? Probably this is my one chance to mm. get myself sorted. And she had the courage, the guts, the mm. determination when things were horribly hard for her and they were, yeah. you know, she had some major hills to climb. Sure. And she put her car keys back in a bag and she stayed. And now she's taken clay mm. into her class mm. and got kids who are unable to tell you the letters of the alphabet to know them all individually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What is she doing? Where can she go? Yeah. She's got real abilities. Yeah. Her own dyslexia is sorted. When she writes reports now, mm. um, she doesn't get them corrected and come back. Mm. They just come back. Because now she never was able to figure out um, now, mm. past tense, and future tense. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Of any of the languages that she speaks. Okay. And she speaks five. <laughs> okay? And she right. would always get those muddled. Yeah, sure. In every language, she was in the cart with them. Okay. And she's now got them sorted. No yeah. problems. She's away. She's yeah. away laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even listening to you now takes a huge amount. And, and again, for somebody who doesn't have dyslexia, but to, to hear this and take a lot of the, I don't know, the stress or even the pressure out of this is for me to hear this and go well actually even if i was to you know have a dyslexic family member or something like that to suddenly go well actually it is simply a different learning style and once you have it you can run with it and you can yes 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 absolutely and dyslexia is hereditary okay for every kid that i have in here there's a dyslexic parent behind them right all us three girls a dyslexic to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. My sister compensated by working her butt off yeah. to get through her degree and her exams. Mm. Okay, My eldest sister was arty, talented, wow. Um, floral arrangements, creativity with sewing, artistic. Mm. You know, that's where her talents came out. Um, I'm dyslexic. Mum's dis- mum was dyslexic. Mm. I know grandma was dyslexic. Okay. I know. Yeah. You know, I can just, I can pick the little traits now. Sure. And I can think, oh yeah, that's where it came from. 
and and therefore you know one of our two is dyslexic okay yeah and i've put him through this program mm. a bit screaming and kicking as a young man yeah um and he only did it because you know mum and he didn't want to cause waves just prior to his wedding oh, when sure. they were out here you know okay um and and then about a year and a half later i get um a phone call hey mum i want to do some study next year and my english is fill in the blanks yeah <laughs> not great <laughs> yeah okay david right how about we get on Skype every day during your holidays yeah. for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, uh-huh. and let's do some of these trigger words. Cool. And we did, and we got over 60 done, mm-hmm. and I've been a reader-writer for him. He's three quarters of the way through doing um, a diploma in um, business management and another diploma in logistics. Okay. And he's doing very well. His grammar is... <laughs> Not so great. <laughs> <laughs> he so, he sends things through to me, and I like he he. <laughs> the one thing I struck in the last one. Yeah. Through T H R U. Yeah, yeah. Through T H R E W. Right. Through T H R O U G H. Right. David. Through T H R U. Text speak only. T H R E W. Throw something. Right. Throw a ball. T H R O U G H. You hit a nail through a piece of timber. Right. It goes through it. Right. Oh, okay, Mum. <laughs> but this is the idiocy of the English language. Sure. And and English is not easy. No. It's it's made up of old Celtic. Yeah. Nordic when the Vikings invaded England. Mm. The Romans had a fair go, so there's Latin in there, there's yeah. Greek, there's French. The English and French have been swapping countries for donkey's years. <laughs> there's a chunk of Spanish and heaven only knows what else. And <laughs> I've heard it described, and it's not a very tactful way to describe it, but I've heard English described as a cannibalistic whore of a language. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. It it eats this thing and that, and then it'll like shack up with this one and take a couple of words from there, and it brings it over here, and it turns this one around, and it's... And there's so many, like, the word saw. Yeah. Which saw? Saw? Ouch? Yeah. Saw? Or saw, I saw something yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? Who would know? Yeah. Ah, it's a horrible language. Yeah. It is actually a horrible language. Mm. I feel so sorry for people who come into this country as adults and have to pick up English as a second language. Sure. It's not funny to deal with. It's okay for us. We've grown up with it. Yeah. And we we know all these nuances and idiot things, but, Mm. but people who have got to pick it up as a second language, not funny. How does dyslexia show up in other country, um, other cultures? How is Same it? way. So, but I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of uh, different language structures and things like that. Does that make much difference or I don't know? I believe I read somewhere years ago mm-hmm. that Italy has the least incidence of dyslexics. Okay. So maybe their language sounds like it is. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you take simply a word like mother. Mm-hmm. If you look at the, how it is spelt, mm-hmm. it's spelt moth hair. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's stupid, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I have to teach these kids, once we've got all the letters of the alphabet sitting right, once we've introduced punctuation, because usually they'll say to me, I've never been taught punctuation. 
Interesting. And but they're symbols, you see, oh, and I it's see. the symbols. It's these two D symbols on paper that cause the problems, because the dyslexic will whick round the other side of things, and won't makes it nothing right. makes sense. Okay. So they have to be taught punctuation. Um, once we've got their alphabet right, the punctuation right, hmm. and we start and dig into a dictionary, hmm. and they immediately go. <gasps> So yeah, why don't we? Why don't we actually? I'd actually love to hear in systematically. Let's talk about that if if we can. Um, so for those first few sessions, um, when somebody has has come to you as a facilitator and said, "All right, <laughs> give me what you got." Right. Um, first of all, I mean, I can understand. Well, as you mentioned, there is a can be a resistance, or a, I don't know. Um, if they aren't willing to work with me, I cannot work with them. Yeah. I I don't force anybody to do anything. Yeah. I am not a teacher. Yeah. I am a facilitator. Yeah. I will help them. Yeah. They have got to be willing to help themselves. So where does the resistance come from, do you think? Fear. Total fear. Mm. I've failed at everything else that they've ever tried, especially adults. Yeah. Wow. I had a bloke in here um, at the end of last year. Um, he'd gone to varsity as an adult student. Mm. He's got his master's in accounting. Mm -hmm. He could not get his auditing papers. Okay. He'd sat it twice. He'd been diagnosed as dyslexic, got a diagnosis, mm. which people do not need before they come to me. Mm -hmm. I can figure out whether they're dyslexic or not pretty, mm -hmm. pretty rapidly. Okay. Um, and... Okay, we put him through the program. Fast, he was fast. Bright, mm. whoa, what a brain. Mm. Um, and then he brought in follow-up sessions afterwards. He, he brought in exam papers. Wow, the technical speak in this lot was huge. Every time he stumbled, right, what did you stumble on? Mm. Okay, that word, we'll do that one. We hit the dictionary. Find out the meanings for these words. Create clay models for them learn how to spell them forward backward forward mm. and it logs when that when they go through this process with the picture of the definition in front of their eyes mm. and they've made it and the word made in clay in front of them mm. and they go through this process in an oriented fashion in other words the disorientation part of the brain mm. is shut off yeah which they've learned to do mm -hmm. by this stage of the game um and we worked like this with him. Next time he got through. Yeah. Huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I want people to understand too how literal this is. What you're talking about when people are making a an image for the word. I mean that's that's the role that the clay. In case people haven't connected the dots on this, because I can see the clay on the table, um, and I saw a, a, a video earlier on as well, which I actually I think I'll um, I'll direct people to your website as well. It's the okay. last thing we do, so they can see it. Right. But the, you're literally talking about making a physical representation. Um, of what this word actually looks like uh, so that they've got what like a something in the image bank in their heads or something like that is that right that is. sorry Christine just popped up to grab something to show me so we're gonna we're gonna go through that now here That's we go All absolutely right. correct okay right and so we've got a we've got a box here in front of me um, and there are okay so in front of me there's a little oh gee I don't know how to describe that it's almost like a little bowl it is a bowl with and what's in it Maybe fruit? Looks like possibly Absolutely. bananas and... That is a picture of a fruit bowl. Okay. And that is my picture for the word in. Because, really? Because in means contained by. The fruit is contained by the bowl. 
that's my picture for the word in. You've just blown my mind. That is, wow. Okay. <laughs> and it's fun, you know, yeah. because dyslexics are creative. And we model with clay and they're always quite happy to work with clay. Yeah. We don't see a pencil and paper here. They're gone. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Clay. Fun. We make things. Wow. We use their creative imagination and everybody's model for the words are different because they always come out of their creative imagination. Right. If I supply my client with an image for, the, for a word, mm -hmm. they will never remember it. Okay. It's got to come out of their own creative imagination and then they've got it. So they're it. literally creating their own language. I had a kid in here for the last couple of weeks and as he was reading something to me the last day, yeah. we'd done the word ah okay. and we'd done an. Okay. Okay. And he'd got them sorted out and where mm -hmm. to use them correctly. And he's reading something for me because we're at that stage of the program. Okay. Oh, there's an ah. Oh, there's an an. Oh, look. Oh, there's another ah. And they were leaping out of the page at him. <whistles> yes. Gosh. He's getting there. Yeah. So how does it go then in terms of remembering your vocabulary for stuff? Like, I mean, I can see it with, you know, once you've got 10 words, 50 words, 60. I mean, what if when you're up to like 500 words or no, something like that? No, it's 217 of these beasties and that's quite enough, thank you. Oh, okay. 217. So you get to the end of it and that's it. Done. Really? Yep. Absolutely. So, okay. It can take people... Um, I had one girl in here August last year. Okay. And... She was freaked out at the thought of going to high school the following year. Okay. She, her opening statement to me was, I'm in the special class, but everybody knows we're dumb and stupid. Ouch. Um, and she was scared. Mm. She was scared. Mm. Um, dumb, stupid, absolutely not. Dyslexic? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in spades. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. By the end of the year... She had completed her trigger words, okay. driven by fear. Gosh. Poor kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She gets to high school this year, okay? Yeah. She's at national standards. Mm-hmm. However, she hits high school and she's lacking this underbase knowledge mm. because for so many years she's been disoriented in the classroom. Mm. So she hasn't heard, she hasn't got the information in. Right. And the teachers know she's dyslexic. Yeah. And instead of helping her infill with all this back knowledge that she needs to be able to keep going, yeah. what do they do? Send her on, on her anxiety coping course. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have a word with them, but there we go. What, what would you say to them? <sighs> that she's a really bright, intelligent girl and... For goodness sake, start and teach her in ways she can learn. Show her pictures. Give her that back information. Backfill on what she has missed out in eight years of schooling that other teachers were not able to teach her. Mm. And help her in those areas. She will fly. Yeah. She will fly. She's bright. She's able. She's willing. She's a goer. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> oh look I've even had people say to me they've gone back to school and the teacher says to them there's no such thing as a dyslexic you're just lazy wow bullshit 
That's right. We, we can we can say bullshit on this podcast. That was bullshit, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yet, when I was talking to those teachers yesterday, I did a presentation at the Epsom AU um, Technical College for these people have all got degrees. Yeah. And they're all doing one year intensive training for teaching. Sure. Okay. Bright sparks. Yeah. And they got the message. Hmm. They got the message that these three or four kids that they're going to have in every class they have, they're not dumb. They're not silly. They're not stupid. They hmm. think differently. They need teaching differently. Yeah. And I was blatantly able to say to them, what works for 90% of your kids? Yeah. The way you've been taught to teach will not work with these. Yeah. Get them hands-on, visual spatial. Yeah. Get them doing. Get them creating. Give them pictures. Mm. With with Brooke, it was a case of she got to the point of saying to her teachers, "Show me a picture. I don't understand. Please show me a picture. Please mm. show me a picture. Show me a picture." Show me a picture. <laughs> Until they eventually got the message yeah. and gave her pictures, gave her hands-on, gave yeah. her visual images. Wow, she was away. Yeah. You know, that's what we need. Yeah. So why is it only, I want to come back to a point then, why is it only 217? Because I feel like, uh, uh, yeah, explain that to me. I don't, I don't get it. Right. Um... About 60-odd percent of all the language we use yeah. are those 217 trigger words. Okay. And when you say a trigger word, that is what? A word without a picture. Okay. Words like if, why, no, um, shouldn't, Okay. can, sit, tall. Um, all these words need pictures creating for them. Okay. There's a whole raft of these beasties. Yeah. And yeah. the is about the worst. The and and I struggled with. But sure. the oh <laughs> because the definition for the yeah. is that one which is here or which has been mentioned. Now the only word in that whole definition that isn't a trigger word in itself <laughs> right. is the word mentioned. Okay. And so of course you get a dyslexic looking at this oh, definition God. and they're going to go Gone, I'm out of here. Yeah. Can't cope. Yeah. So you've got to work through every, we've got to de-trigger every word that is in that definition, mm. which can take a whole day. Sure. Easy, sometimes more, sure. before we can get to the word the. And the is in just about every sentence oh, that we use. Yeah. Wow. And and, and's another funny one. Of course. That's yeah. a weird one to try and deal with. Oh yeah, tell me about that. Well, and in addition to, as well as. Right. Okay. Um, so it's um, a container and clay. Jeez, um, think, think, think. Um, um, a knife, as well as a fork. Yeah. A plate. And the food on it. Okay. Um, it's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I think I get where you're going with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you've got to keep swapping these sentences around until the person gets the picture. Right. So here I can have a piece of fish. Yeah. 
and here I can have the chips. Right. What makes it fish and chips? Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. The very fact that you put it together in newspaper or put it on a plate. Right. Okay. So the plate or the newspaper that it's wrapped up in becomes the and. Whoa. And that's a bit to get your head around. That isn't blows it? my mind. <laughs> that's so cool. Okay. Wow, I'm having an existential moment here thinking about what it, what it means to be fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. So, all right, so when we're talking about those words, there's you mentioned there's, about, there's 217 of those. Yes. So when it comes to expanding your vocabulary then for, for someone who's then got those words there, how does that work? Do they still then need to... Um, do most of the other new words they're going to encounter have a picture or something that can go with them naturally? Or do they then have to maybe recreate additional ones for them later? How does that work? By this time, they are so familiar with the dictionary and so at home with the dictionary okay. and so at ease with deciphering that pronunciation key, which okay. is not phonetics. Yeah, right. Blow phonetics. It's gone. Yeah. Forget it. Doesn't work. Um, that... They can look at any new word, okay. and part of the reading technique that we do, we get a piece of paper, and we put it on the page, okay? okay. yep. And a person reading along, by this stage of the game, they've done a fair chunk, Okay. and they can only see that one line at a time that they are looking at. Therefore, the eye cannot jump up and down the page and get distracted and disorient. Okay. Okay? Okay. So they've got control of their mind's eye. Okay. Yep. Okay. So they're reading along and they hit a word and they think, that looks weird. And they'll go back and they'll have another look at it and they'll think, nah, haven't got a clue. Yeah. Out comes the thumb. Spell it. And they spell it letter by letter. Nine times out of ten, that word will then pop out of their mouths. Okay. If they don't, at that stage of the game, we dive into the dictionary and we look it up, figure out how to pronounce it, look at the definition and they'll say, got it. Yes, that makes sense. Right. In the case of somebody sitting an exam, and it's a, I had one bloke come in here one day, and he was going through uni, mm. and he came in and he said, I've got a word that I'm struggling with, and it's operationalization. Okay. And I thought, You're what? <laughs> <laughs> so we're on to Google. Yeah. Yep. We got a definition, and yes, he cleared up his model, and that word was spread across the table like incredible length and yeah. yes he was able to spell it talk to it hold his orientation um and spell it forward backwards and forwards with his eyes closed yeah that word never bothered him again that's amazing to me that's so cool i mean he's got it yeah you know yeah you get the essence you make the picture of the dictionary definition mm. not of your example sentence mm-hmm Mm. But the dictionary definition, and you're away. Let's talk, because we're only, you realize we've gone for 54 minutes. No. <laughs> um, so, with a few minutes that we do have left, then, okay. um, I would love to hear then more about the positive applications of this as well, because we talked about it a little bit in terms of creative thinking. Um, yes. But that this ability to think laterally, and you did show me a video as well, which 
um, revealed some very prominent people in our community who we might not know are dyslexic. Steven Spielberg being one of them yes. was diagnosed at the age of 60. Um, the, the video clip he's talking about you can see on YouTube. It's hashtag like a dyslexic all run together. Yeah. And it was created by a 12-year-old Australian girl mm. who has got obvious creative talents yeah. yeah and every person that you see on this video is dyslexic yeah and they're all people who have succeeded in their life yeah so tell me more about this though how does how can it create an advantage for these for, for, for people having this different perspective because we aren't stuffed in a box yeah we aren't taught to think this way xyz and that's it mm. and that will get you through your exams mm. No, we go all over the place. We're Spaghetti Junction, personified. Right. right. And the one thing that I really love about the Davis program, yeah. it does not squash any of those beautiful, creative, wonderful skills yeah. that we have. Mm. Like, I love doing photography. Mm. And I can see things and I can still clearly, it's actually, I think, made me a better photographer. Yeah. It's enhanced those, mm. as well as now I have all the literacy skills that my husband has. Mm. And that's quite saying something, because mm. he's a real word thinker. <laughs> okay, a real word thinker. Oh, that's, I like that's that. something I haven't talked about. Yeah. Word thinkers. John's a real word thinker. Yeah. And if a 100% picture thinker is right down the other end of the scale, yeah. I'm kind of in a bit for the end, because I've got some words, but to get an understanding of something, I have got to get a picture. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And a person can be anywhere in this collection. Mm. People who are down towards the word ends yeah. cope brilliantly at school with words, sure. phonics, languages, love it. Mm. Um, the more you get towards the picture thinking end of the scale, right? Um, the more you struggle with words and language and phonics. Yeah. And it's a sliding scale and anybody can be anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no one size fits all. Mm. Dyslexics are as different as chalk and cheese. Mm. I never know what I'm going to get when they walk in the door from one hour to the next. I can. Yeah. It's actually good fun. <laughs> it's I, life is a challenge and it's wonderful. But I can tell you love it. I do. I, I do. You love it. I do. I'm, I'm enabling people to really live their life to the full. And that's fantastic, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, honestly, when I started doing this podcast, one of my main drives to do it was to talk to people who had that very motivation. So yeah. um, for somebody who then is listening and wants to get in touch with you, be a part of the um, program that you facilitate, um, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, onto my website, Dyslexia Made Easy, mm -hmm. and have a read. Have a read. Have yeah. a look. Yeah. If you suspect that you or somebody you know may be dyslexic, have a look at the tab that says 37 common characteristics. Mm. Not every dyslexic will have them. Not every dyslexic will have the same ones. We'll, we all have a variety and different things affect us all mm. in different ways. Mm. Some dyslexics can read perfectly well. Yeah. Can't do maths. <laughs> You know, we're yeah. all different. Dyslexics, I, we had an electrician in here a couple of years ago, and during a lunch break, he sort of said to me, what are you doing in there? 
And I explained to him and he said, oh, and asked an awful lot of questions. So I ran him through the 37 characteristics. Yeah. He had 12. Now, anybody with over 10, yeah, yeah you're in that dyslexic spectrum. Okay. However, it affected him a small amount. Sure. A small amount. Yeah. And I said, how do you work? Yeah. And he said, I listen very carefully to what the client says to me, yeah. what they want. I get a picture for the end result and then I just work towards it. Wow. See, here he is using his dyslexic capabilities in a very constructive, brilliant manner. Christine, you make it sound like a superpower, and I love it. It is. Yeah. It is. These brains are alive, they're creative, they're intelligent, they're way out there, and go for it. Um, Beginning of last year, there was an advertisement in the Guardian newspaper in London which caused a bit of a sensation because it says only people who think like Steve Jobs need apply. We only want dyslexics. And that was for um, such and such advertising agency. Really? And there was this hue and cry, oh, you can't do that. That's discriminatory. (laughs) Well, yes, it turned out that they could. (laughs) You know? So, yes, there are areas in the world where... People like us are really needed. Yeah. Your photographers, your um, um, Sir Richard Taylor mm-hmm. from Weta Workshop. Oh yeah. What has he created? Right. He's a brilliant dyslexic. Right. I have how, no idea. How about John Britton? Yeah. Who created the Britton motorbike? Yeah. In his backyard in Christchurch, yeah. in a garage, from a picture in his head. Okay. Yeah. His school books are filled with tractors sketches and cars and planes and go-karts and things could he write could he read Uh uh-uh is he was he creative brilliantly the britain motorbike is inti papa yeah you know he created this whole new engine out of a picture in his head this is the sort of thing dyslexics can do you know um walt disney my yeah. God, what a what a mind! Yeah, wonderful. Who cares that he can't read? Mm. Sir Richard Branson, Virgin Airlines. Who cares that he can't read? He probably can to a degree. Mm. Does it matter? There are other ways. Two types of knowledge: that which you know, that which you know where to find, and you can employ somebody to do the reading and writing for you. Yeah. Provided you come up with the great schemes of life. Yeah. You know, you can't tell me that Jamie Oliver doesn't have the most wonderful creative imagination. Yeah. How about um, the mad butcher, Sir Peter Leach? Yeah. He's dyslexic. Yeah. You know, what has he done for butcheries? Yeah. Enabled hundreds of young people in that trade. Mm. And a lot of tradies are dyslexic. Mm. Lots. Mm. Well, because they get to be practical. They get away from writing and and, and reading. They get to do stuff that they can visualize. And they can do it very well, too. Our mechanic is dyslexic. Yeah. He's a a great entrepreneur with... He buys an old rundown house. Yeah. And he goes in there and he rips the guts out of it and he redoes it. Yeah. Redoes it. And he's made a lot of money by doing that. He's a very, very clever man. Yeah. And dyslexic. Christine Thessiger, you're you're just brilliant.
<laughs> thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. That's quite a ride. Christine Thessiger. Isn't she brilliant though? Huh? Now, here we go. Question. I said at the start of this episode, um, I set a lofty goal. Have I changed the way that you think about dyslexia now? Um, I came away from that so inspired, so hopeful for uh, anyone now that I meet with dyslexia who, if you don't know about how this can be turned to be an incredible advantage or at least a gift in your life. Um, I know many people who have struggled with dyslexia and found it very disempowering. Um, so to know that in fact, not only are there ways of um, working around it, but in fact, turning it to your advantage. Mm, so inspiring. Hope you enjoyed that. Really want to know your thoughts. Send them through to the Andrew Curtis show at gmail.com or jump on Facebook slash the Andrew Curtis show. Leave a comment on this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, more coming up soon.